Welcome to the Brand Community Podcast. Brand communities are the foundation of business growth. They build a human connection between brands and their customers, turn those customers into lifelong advocates, and ultimately grow your business. I'm Sam Heisel, a co-founder and managing partner at Knox, a digital agency that helps brands, artists, and entrepreneurs grow and convert communities online. And I'm Chris Whitman, co-founder of Crony, a creative agency that connects brands and consumers through powerful brand experiences. Every Tuesday, we'll be interviewing marketing leaders and community builders so you can walk away with actionable strategies to help your brand grow and prosper. Welcome to the show. Chris, what is happening, man? How are you feeling? Doing great today, Sam. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic. Very excited about our guest, Lauren Haggerty. She's the Director of Community and Marketing at Power to Fly, which is an incredible company. It's actually a job board that helps amazing women find jobs at some of the world's best companies. And I think what's so special about Lauren and how she comes on as such an incredible guest today is her approach to building community, both on the B2B side as well as the B2C side. Given that her job is kind of this matchmaking marketplace, she needs the recruiters and needs the, the prospects and potential employees. And I think hearing her approach to building community on both sides is fascinating. And I think there's one tactic she uses, and this might not sound like a mind-blowing tactic, but it's just straight up effective. And it's being able to lean on the influence of other awesome thought leaders. They're, they're constantly hosting different virtual events, creating a platform that puts other people on. And in doing so, they're able to build a community around the Power to Fly brand. So I really want to, even before we get into this episode, encourage you guys to think about how you can do the same. How can you build community by building a platform to showcase other people? What do you like, Chris? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I love the idea of building community in a, in a two-sided marketplace. It, it creates a unique challenge for any marketer. Um, what was interesting to me was that she joined the organization at, with the infancy of at the infancy of community building. So there wasn't even really a strategy around that. And I think it's really fascinating how she's how she's really accelerated the community growth aspect of things through, you know, the thought leadership that you were just touching on in the virtual events, which you know, frankly, is is a huge win. If she was already winning in virtual events in the new norm uh, before the new normal, I think it's just a great win. So. You know, looking forward to, to sharing her insights with everybody on uh, listening to the podcast. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, Lauren, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's uh, it's been twenty four hours of rain here in New York, so uh, the sun's sun's right around the corner. I could not agree with that more. <laughs> Um, great. All right. Well, super excited to have you on the Brand Community Podcast. Um, you know, why don't we just go ahead and dive right in? So, uh, first question off the bat is, uh, we'd love to just hear about your role at Power to Fly, and even you know, understand more what Power to Fly does. Yeah, that's a great question. So, I am the director of marketing and community at Power to Fly. I've been with the organization for just about three years now. And, you know, we do a lot of things. So high level, we are an online platform and community connecting women and underrepresented talent with companies that are committed to creating more diverse and inclusive workforces. So when I think about what we do as a company from a high level, you know, I think about us in two major buckets. So in one bucket, we are helping companies from across the globe hire incredible women. You know, they have roles that they're looking to fill. We want to get women into those roles and you know, similarly get women of our community into these incredible organizations. On the flip side, and in order to fill that bucket, we have to have this extremely diverse 
large community of women who are interested in not only finding new roles, but leveling up their careers. So perhaps you're not someone who is, you know, looking for a new job. You're really happy where you're at right now, but you could use mentorship or you want to become a manager, a VP, or transition industries altogether. We as a company want to provide the resources regardless where you live in the world that will help you achieve your professional goals and help you reach that lifestyle that you know, you, you've always wanted. So my job at Power to Fly is really to bridge those two gaps and build that community and make sure we have the resources that, that all women need to be successful. And then you know, in congruence, make sure that the companies are satisfied in getting the women that you know, fit their hiring needs as well. That's amazing. And I think it's tackling a very important issue. So I think it's in a, in a very impactful and effective way. Um, with that said, as it pertains to your role, I know your kind of title is Director of Marketing and Community. When you think about community, first of all, how do you really kind of define this notion of community and how does this fit into your kind of marketing strategy as a whole? It's a great question. And I have always considered myself more of a community builder than a marketer. And I think the so really successful marketers understand the value of community. I think that is so, so key. So when I define community, it's really, you know, who it's more than just you know, your buyer. Because if we just built a community of buyers, you know, we would never, we wouldn't have a product because as I said before, with this kind of two bucket method, we need the women to come and apply to these roles to participate in these companies' actions. So, you know, community is really important to us because it's really like our, our checkpoint of success. You know, are women happy? Are women, you know, getting value from what we're providing them? And, you know, there are our product, you know, uh, our product case study, if you may. So, you know, if we never got women hired, we never helped them throughout their career, then we wouldn't be here as an organization. So, you know, I'm not sure if that exactly answers your question, but, you know, it is the most important part of what we do. It, it is the engine that powers our company, regardless of how many clients we have. We wouldn't be the organization we are without our community. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like a two-sided marketplace, which can always be really challenging, right? Because you got to make sure that both sides are happy, extracting that value. Um, you know, we hear a lot about even when, you know, brands partner with other brands, it's about finding that that connection, and that, that, that synergy. So um, pretty cool. So over the past like three years, um, you know, we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot more uh, consideration and thoughtfulness around community building. How has your role developed over the past three years and how has the approach to community building developed over the past three years at Power to Fly? And, you know, add on question, of course, because we have to ask it, but how has the pandemic affected that? It's a great question. And I, I actually love, it, it, it's an interesting kind of my, my career trajectory. So before uh, I worked at Power to Fly, I worked for the home automation company, Wink. So we were the industry leading smart home company. And I managed a community of over 5 million middle-aged men. Um, so it was a really interesting transition to go from that community to Power to Fly's. And when I started my role, we were really in our infancy of community building. We didn't have a fleshed out strategy when it came to you know, retaining the passive women, if you may. So, you know, we were doing a really good job of getting job seekers to come and apply. 
and not, you know, a large amount of job seekers enough to get us by, but there was no real retention method. So when I came in, um, I had a few ideas and as with all marketers, not every idea is great. I have laughed a lot at my failures over the last few weeks, looking back in retrospect. Um, but something that I am really proud of launching uh, a little over two years ago was our virtual events program. So I like to say that I was holding virtual events before they were cool because given COVID, they're now super cool. But uh, I launched this program with this the thought that it was going to fail. There's no way people are going to want to come online and chat with people virtually. Like That's crazy. Why would you spend your lunch on the computer? So this little idea really blew up in a matter of months. We had our very first event with our co-founder where truthfully I was missing. I had one empty section in our newsletter and I'm, I didn't know how to fill it. I was the only person on this marketing team, couldn't write a blog post fast enough. So I asked our co-founder, hey, would you mind hopping online quickly for like 30 minutes and doing a Q&A with our community? She said, yes. We had over 150 people join this uh, Q&A. They all asked questions. They all came off camera and our chat and learn program was born. This program over the last two years has now accounted for over a third of our incoming new emails, um, over a third of our new traffic. So as of this year, 2020, um, it's an integral part of our business strategy, of our community strategy. How do we bring women thought leaders onto our platform and give them a space to chat one-on-one with our community? So if we talk about the pandemic, it's super interesting because we were set up for success when it came to virtual events, where a lot of companies and communities had to pivot very quickly and they did not see the success. So right off the rip, we were able to transition all of our client uh, in-person events, which we have held across the globe. I'm feeling really sad I didn't get to go to Sydney or Ireland before this, which were both scheduled. Um, But we transitioned them all to virtual and have held over 300. So we held 300 virtual events in 2019. We held 300 virtual events in 2020 back in April. So, you know, we are set to double this goal. We've doubled the amount of RSVPs, the amount of attendees, and our attendance rates are actually just increasing. So we are really thriving in this virtual environment. And, you know, at the end of the day, we've always been set up for success. We've always been virtual. Um, It's been the name of the game for us at Power to Fly. So where I know the pandemic has been a really unfortunate circumstance for many companies and communities, it's been really great for us in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And I presume too, I mean, there's definitely an interesting subset of businesses that, I mean, COVID has been very catastrophic in many ways. And I think love to anybody that's had to deal with it, some of the unfortunate things it's brought, but the silver lining is there have been certain in, like businesses that have, um, live streaming has been huge. And I'm sure even too, just people looking for jobs. I mean, one of the unfortunate things is that there has undoubtedly been some job loss. So being able to have a a impactful platform to help people overcome those challenges, uh, all things considered, good timing. With that said, when it comes to like community and marketing and building, I presume you're responsible for doing that on both sides of the marketplace, both on kind of the the job and uh, like jobs and brands, as well as on the actual kind of like applicant side. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Cool. How do how does the uh, can you speak to the difference in strategies and what you've seen work well on both sides of the marketplace? So it's really interesting because 
I've done a lot of thinking about this lately because, you know, what we've seen on the B2B side is actually very similar to what has been successful on the B2C side. And I think in Mm -hmm. traditional organizations, that's just not the case. And, you know, I hate to, you know, reckon with success, but I I keep telling myself like this, we should be doing something different. How, How do we differentiate this? But events have worked extremely well for us on the B2B side. And I think, at, uh, you know, when we, we talk about what we do best, it's making people feel comfortable about uncomfortable topics. Uh, it's something that women are very uncomfortable talking about. We're uncomfortable about talking about salary and leave and negotiation, um, all of these uncomfortable things. And then from, you know, our, our B2B side, people are really uncomfortable about, you know, performative allyship. They're uncomfortable about you know, talking about systemic racism and how do we uh, alleviate this in the workplaces. So we have provided a lot of really great safe spaces for employers at massive, massive organizations to come to talk to, you know, have a safe, comfortable spot to talk about their fears, their concerns, and bounce ideas off of us, our team, um, and how they can really do better. So, uh, you know, to get a little more concrete here, we held a massive, massive uh, summit back in June. It was called Diversity Reboot 2020. And, you know, we had over 2,000 B2B leads come into this event. People who are interested in learning about, you know, how all of these different topics from how do we, you know, screen in versus screen out. How do we, um, you know, draft better uh, job descriptions that are more inclusive? How do we, you know, not, uh, you know, how do we, how do we put policies in place that make our minority workers feel better about coming to work every day and make them feel comfortable? Of course, addressing all of the systemic racism going on in the U.S. It happened shortly after uh, George Floyd's murder. So. You know, we feel really blessed to be in this position to talk about the hard topics. And after, you know, building this really solid brand, we're now able to position ourselves as thought leaders to have events like this, where, you know, other HR professionals, you know, leaders in the HR hiring space can come and learn from us and learn from other leaders as well and what they're doing. So events, really, it's it's crazy. They are a make or break tool that if you're not using it, I highly suggest looking into throwing more virtual events in general. It's so, so important. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And just hearing some of those results is truly remarkable. With that said, I know one component of the success of those events is, is having a very innate understanding of who your customers are, what are the issues that matter to them, making sure that from a programming perspective, you're really nailing on those topics that people care about and want to learn about, which is uh, definitely one very important slice of this pie. On the other side of the equation, though, is the actual event promotion elements and making sure like if you build it, you can't necessarily assume they will always come. So from the perspective of event promotion, and I'm sure over time you've been able to, uh, people, there's kind of some level of retention, but when you're trying to, A, I mean, drive retention, but more importantly, get awareness and new people in that community, what have you seen to be some of the most effective tactics for event promotion? Love this question, because this is something that I've talked a lot with um, community builders about, because 
you know, we are a pretty nuanced space here. And, you know, I am on thousands of marketing newsletters, community newsletters, and I keep seeing the same names popping up over and over again. It's like, this person is speaking for, you know, at this virtual conference and this virtual event, it's like we have a, a circus of speakers that just keep going from conference to conference, which is great. I'm, I am one of those people, so I'm <laughs> to be on that circus train. But at the same time, uh, what we have found to be really successful at Power to Fly is finding a platform for people who have incredible things to say, but don't have the community or necessarily the large network to share it. So when we invite speakers onto our platform, it's not these people that are, you know, have done six, seven, eight, nine, ten, hundreds of talks to communities. You know, we know what they have to say. Not that it's not great, but we get the idea. We bring new voices to our platform. And with bringing new voices comes new communities. We have a really great cross-promotional opportunity for these speakers. So they come onto our platform, they promote to their communities, we promote to our community, we share the leads that we generate. And then ultimately, you know, we're both getting a win from this one opportunity. They can talk about something they're really passionate about or a project they're working on. Uh, we, we provide this space where, you know, you can practice a keynote talk if you're looking to apply to something. And with that, not only are we able to bring in new leads, um, you know, new speakers, new community members, but we're also able to get really diverse perspectives. And that's just as important to us as those new leads, because we wouldn't be the platform that we are if we didn't have people from all over the world with all different perspectives and their community support as we kind of learn and grow and figure out, you know, how are we going to make this inclusive world that we ought to live in? So, um, you know, we're really, really big on that, like, you know, using your community as a speaker, using our, our community's community to grow, to elevate, and of course, help them get their message out as well. So, uh, it's it's an interesting tactic that a lot of people are scared to try, but when we push and we support and we provide the material that our speakers need to be successful and promote, um, you, you'd be surprised at the the magic that can happen. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I think like being able to exhibit diverse perspectives, um, and especially like because the world is so you know vast and uh, there's a lot there's a lot of p- ways that people contribute to that, right? Um, Question for you, though, how are you tracking and measuring the, the success of your community growth efforts? Because I think that um, that can be a bit of a nuanced question as well. Um, and then further to the point, how do you segment those, those people in your community and, um, you know, figure out ways to personalize the outreach and engage them? It's a great question. And, you know, I'm a very transparent person and it's something that we are working on to this day. Um, like you said at the beginning, community is a very new industry and it's very challenging to you know, not only track growth and, and understand what's important to us. You know, that's changed a lot. And at least even the mm-hmm. three years that I've been here, it, it's changed completely. Uh, so a couple of things that we're doing, um, you know, at the beginning of this year, we set a really big goal for ourselves and that was around like new emails. So every year we decide, okay, like this is the goal that the company is going to work towards. Not just me as a, as a marketer, as you know, a larger community manager, but as the company as a whole. Because as we kind of said, there are lots of moving pieces here. All of our teams are super cross-functional. 
So we all have to be like very much aligned on what the higher level goal is. And once we establish that goal, we do a lot of like backend dev work to make sure that every piece of the business and, and operation that we perform is tracked back to that mega goal. So if it's emails, you know, every GA tracking link is reporting back to emails. We have custom conversions that say, okay, you know, we, we see this many users, new users, the normal, you know, tracking, but then every conversion goes back to a new email. And we're able to like very succinctly track that and see in multiple dashboards, you know, what, what are the efforts that we're doing right now that are contributing to the majority of new emails? So, you know, it, like I said, it's not a perfect process and actually something I'm really excited about we just partnered with uh, Bevy Virtual, which is a new community platform tool, because they have a little more robust community analytics. Um, so we are in the process of transitioning a lot of our community efforts over there so we can get a more robust understanding of not only how many people are signing up, but how many people are coming for how long, you know, what's the, the engagement you know, percentage for you know, XYZ customers. And then from the personalization standpoint, we have an incredible team uh, of email marketers who are consistently testing messaging and location because we're global. So things that don't, you know, that resonate well for us in the US don't necessarily resonate well in the UK or in Latin America. So we have a team that's constantly analyzing, you know, what messaging is working well for this group? Where do we pivot? How many times have these people been outreached? You know, is this, should we add a video here? Lauren, can you record this? Uh, Catherine, can you record this? You know, there's lots of different levers that we're pulling and we're always analyzing you know, what's working. Why is it working? How can we make something work better? Um, but as with most marketing efforts, everything can be better and optimized. So, you know, we're still, you know, I would say in the grand scheme, even if it has been like three years now, we're still learning on what's the best way to track and measure this community growth. Uh, that's awesome. And I think there's, it's never going to change too. I mean, you'll always be testing, learning, optimizing. And I think that's the underlying principle behind some of the best marketers. Um, with that said, now that we're coming near an end, we have the, uh, the infamous question we always ask. Um, if you were to start a new D2C product company from scratch or product company, what would it be? And how would you deploy a 100K marketing budget to jumpstart growth? I love this question. So I would start a underrepresented speaker database. So I have looked at many, many, I say worked with, but looked at because we don't have the budget to uh, you know, utilize these, but speaker agencies um, for some of these really great activists or women leaders, and it's fabulous. But kind of as I mentioned earlier, there are thousands of women out there or underrepresented people who have really incredible things and stories to share, but no place to share these stories. So if I had an opportunity to create a D2C brand or company or product, I would create this marketplace where people can come and see all of these incredible speakers, pay them because their time is worth money, um, and get them to come and speak for you know their company. And as a community manager, like I said before, that's sometimes the hardest part, finding someone to come talk that you know, doesn't have a huge speaker fee or you know, following that they're speaking at so many things they can't come talk at your 
you know, meet up on a, a Tuesday night. So I would create this company. And what I would do with the 100,000 would be create a bigger community around that to help promote these people. So 100K uh, marketing budget is a really great number. So how do we, you know, build a bigger community within that community to do more promotion? You know, do we provide them with, you know, it, when we get to be in person, great uh, locations and, and comfortable atmosphere with networking and, and lots of great talks, like do a few of those micro communities across the world. And then, you know, would love to invest a little bit more in product and market research and find out, you know, what are the best opportunities to elevate these speakers that we have on this great platform. So uh, maybe not the traditional answer, but you know that would be my dream. I would love to have a, a smaller agency esque speaker directory, if you may. Yeah, Sounds like it. we know where you're going to be in the in about five years, huh? That would be great. <laughs> Let's not tell her boss that. No, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, that's amazing. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think the impact you're able to provide to the world, to your customers, to your clients, um, truly incredible. So keep up the great work and thanks for sharing some of your wisdom today with us. Thanks so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks, Lauren. Man, well, I really enjoyed that episode. I think Lauren had tons of very potent advice and tactics uh, that are super valuable for all you guys. I'm really curious to hear what you guys thought. I, personally, what I enjoyed most was just kind of, I think, them consistently creating these virtual events and showcasing other awesome people um, was really, really impactful. And I think so much so that even her business idea was how could she help streamline that process just to make it more repeatable and, and find other awesome, amazing speakers to put on because uh, when they are able to find these amazing people to put on, it, it just lends itself to results of growth. So I, I uh, really enjoyed it. What do you think, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about somebody who's not afraid to fail, um, you know, building community through virtual events before virtual events were even a thing. And now it's a integral part of their strategy. It's pretty impressive. And uh, it speaks a lot to the power of that medium. Um, I also think that, you know, in general, when you're talking about marketing versus community building, she really made an interesting point in terms of like, how can you actually, you know, for community building, it's like, how can you actually create that value and that that happiness factor and that and, and those really key takeaways uh, that can really drive that uh, passion for the brand. So um, really great, insightful conversation. Really glad we had it. Definitely. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please be sure to go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to us right now. Just go leave a review. We want to hear what you like. Uh, maybe DM us what you think we could do better. Uh, this is how we're going to grow and reach more people. So thank you guys so much for your support. We wouldn't be here without you. Cheers. Cheers.